This is H.P. Mallory, best-selling author of the Jolie Wilkins series. I clenched my eyes closed again, gripped the coverlet, and allowed Sci-Fi Saturday Night to take me to my own nirvana. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye-bye Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Actually, yes, what? I do. Do you? I do, yes. Who is it? It's Tell people somebody, who you are. Somebody who uh, is sitting in the peanut gallery tonight, I'm guessing. <clears throat> who is it? Well, yeah, that is who it is. But We should mm. tell them who we are. Well, yeah, we're getting don't. there. Dropping oh, okay. the ball. No, you're not dropping the ball. <laughs> there was no, no ball. There was no ball. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. There it's is no spoon. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 191, and it's lucky number night on Tralfamador. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 16 alien underwater birthing corral, directly adjacent to the Crispy Critter Creamery, next to the Candor-sized bottle of Aquaman's Aquavelva, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight are some of the usual suspects, the Revere Time Vortex Violent Soundboard Vixen, Vice President of Technicalness, Princess of Unhearable Awesomeness, the Outspokenly Amazing, Kriana. I think I've been knocked down to Speaker of the Technicalness tonight. <laughs> no, we've done okay. We've done okay. Yeah. We're third in line, but you're fine. Okay. We're missing that means I only have to assassinate two people, right? Perfect. But you have to do it without a, uh, a firearm, so be sure to club them to death. Sombrarian <laughs> oh is not joining us tonight, so unfortunately, uh, she's out somewhere with a cat and a knitting needle. Don't ask why. We're not talking about that it. That sounded bad, but really... From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely Ginger Ingenue, the woman who is best remembered for her recurring roles as an extra in The President is Most Likely Dead, I Dismember Mama, and the classic George Romero's Romanoff and Julio, the story of two gay zombies in Italy, a blinding light in the universe of darkness, it's the dead redhead. And I give my shout out to Spock Vegas, who got back to us last week. So hi, Spock Vegas and any of his fans that are joining us tonight. Party and Spock is in the house tonight. Party <laughs> Spock is in the house. Everybody have a logical time. That's Something right. Like that. <laughs> have you seen that? Yes, I have. Actually. It's <laughs> awesome. I, Sorry. Our guest tonight from Geek Girl Con. Christine Hassel. Welcome, Christine. Did you remember to unmute yourself? <laughs> I did now. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens. <clears throat> Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're going to talk about everything geek-tastic that's going on at Geek Girl Con uh, in the second half of the show. Christine is joining us for the entire show tonight, which means she gets to snark along as Woo-hoo! we play... 
what happened this week in science fiction, beginning with... Snarks are my favorite four-legged animals. <laughs> oh, <my>. Beginning with... <laughs> well, I didn't know if you wanted to do it, because you usually... They're, they're vaguely related to sharks, but less toothy and more meaty. <laughs> no, we're starting with happy birthday to Linda Carter, the best Wonder Woman ever. Well, oh, cool. I thought you wanted Wonder Woman because we were doing Geek Girl Con, but really you wanted Wonder Woman for your own selfish purposes. Absolutely. She's 91. Uh, 91. She's 61. <laughs> Somewhere she's rolling in her grave. No! no. She's still alive. on the show, <laughs> Well, you know, it can't be any worse than Adam West singing. <laughs> yes, it can. It could be <laughs> Illustrator X but if if people will go to our site we have some pictures up of what 61 year old linda carter looks like and she damn still looks like a wonder woman so she's not pruny at all she (laughs) looks awesome so you know what if they want to get a new person to play wonder woman they better get someone as awesome as linda carter or else i will have things to say about it I think what Dead Redhead means to say is, work it, girl. That's no. right. <laughs> no, I don't think she meant to say that at all, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're at a point where DC and, and uh, I guess Warner Brothers is actually talking about, well, maybe we can actually do a Wonder Woman that doesn't suck. Mm, uh, don't hold your breath. Well, I was going to say. Do that, they need to do something that such as get Joss Whedon on board if Marvel doesn't have a, a, a contract on him where he's only allowed to work for Marvel. Because I'm just going to do very quickly without getting into too much of it. Um, I also got to see Much Ado About Nothing. Oh. I, I mean, there are no spoilers, guys. Come on. The show is 400 Okay, now wait, wait, wait. But- because when you just said Joss Whedon, I really, before you got to the Whedon part, I thought you were saying Jaws. And now I'm imagining a cross between Wonder Woman and Sharknado with weirdly witty lines. <laughs> wow. You've when really had way too much to drink. I really haven't. That's the sad thing. That's the scary thing, right? No, I got to see Much Ado as well. And I actually had seen the one that Sir Kenneth Branagh had directed. Something like about, I don't know, what was that, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that, which I, I have very horrible memories about. You but know, I, unite someone and then they think they have some skills that they just don't have. Well, yeah. you know, Kenneth Branagh needs to stop directing. He yeah, needs, he's a terrific actor, which is not a great director. Because he screwed up Thor, and then we saw by Joss that that actor could play Loki. And that other actor could play Thor. Oh Thoriel, because you're worth it. And <laughs> now he did Much Ado, and Joss's Much Ado kicked the ass of Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado. So, Kenneth, Sir Kenneth, please, we do love you, but just Stop stick directing. with the acting. No. <laughs> stick, with, stick with the acting. Leave the directing to somebody like Joss Whedon. That's all I'm going to say. Which we started with Wonder Woman and ended up there. But, or, uh, or Joss Whedon, start acting. Let's see where that no, goes. No, no that's not. okay. That's see, okay. I, I'm, I'm willing to go there if that's what it takes. <laughs> no. 
You know what? Let, Let him, him keep direct. busy directing for now. Somebody that we know and love got a picture with Joss Whedon. Who's that? It it may be our, our favorite brown coat. You mean Mr. Oh. Mr. Mikey? Yes. When did he get a picture with Joss? Well, it just went up on Facebook as his new profile picture. Ooh. Oh, so it must have been when he was at San Diego Con. Funsies. Uh, Jealous. Hate, hate you. <laughs> and but we'll talk we love to you, sir. you. Speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, brown coats, and we're actually not going to, we're going to speak about Star Trek for a sec. What? Uh, I got an email from uh, our friends at Star Trek Renegades, uh, which is very close to beginning production, uh, but they've run into a little, little tiny snag. Uh, so they're going to launch a second funding drive on Indiegogo, and they're asking for $20,000. Um, now, a- after the 250000 they got off the, the original Kickstarter drive, you, you're thinking to yourself, why the hell did they need any more? Um, the 20,000 is going to fund three extra days of shooting. Oh, okay. And that's all it's going to fund. Uh, the Screen Actors Guild is going to require that they pay the actors who appear in the pilot. Uh, so they expand, they needed to expand the budget to cover those salaries as well as, uh, the uh, technical costs for doing that. They raised 242000 with Kickstarter, and they realized afterwards that it actually ends up being significantly less after they pay the fees to Kickstarter, and then they pay off all the things that they need to pay off for all the people who donated. So <clears throat> they're looking for another 20000 and they sent an email out to all the people who funded the Kickstarter project, and they said, this is not asking you guys. You guys have already done your part, which I thought was kind of cool. That is nice. Except for it is kind of asking us. but that's No, actually what they're asking is, tell a friend. I feel like they need union dues right now. So I'm reality- not saying that's bad. I'm just saying what they're saying basically is they need union dues. Well, you know, print out a poster, put it in the lunchroom. <laughs> and the reality is, if they were able to get 250000 that quickly, this should be no problem at all. Hopefully, yes. And uh, we'd like to get them back on the show and talk about uh, what it is that they're going to do. Because right now the plan is... To shoot the pilot and give it to CBS. That just didn't sound right, though. It sounded like you were shooting a red shirt or something by saying <laughs> you were just shoot the pilot. Uh, Am I so, right? It sounds very red shirt. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> also, uh, the ki- one of the things that they figured out is... Uh, now that they're actually sitting down and figuring out shot by shot, uh, Starfleet headquarters can't look empty. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to need a bunch of people. They're going to need inmates and guards at the Orion prison. Uh, Where are they filming? I want to go. I want to be uh, an inmate. <laughs> you would fit right in. I could pull off. that off. You absolutely yes, you could. could tonight. Woohoo! Sure. Aww. 
we'll talk to them and see if we can get you a uh, a part as an extra. Although you'd need a need a guild card to do it. I know people. It could happen. You, actually, you do know people who could get you a guild I card. I do, actually. It scares me. I could just borrow hers. <laughs> no one would know the diff. I don't know if you can borrow it, but... So anyhow, what else is going on? Well... Well, I want to, I want to let Priyana yes. talk a little bit about, uh, well, we, she could talk about why there are no female inkers, but. Oh my gosh. What is with that? Everybody. Seriously. <laughs> well, you know, you just toss the softball out <laughs> and run after it like a library. <laughs> Ooh, a piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there need to be more female inkers and, and. I can't offer any money, but if there are any female aspiring inkers out there, hit me up, come talk to me, and I'll inspire you to be an inker, because inking is awesome. Inking is like the coolest thing on the face of the planet. You think you think the sketchers are cool. They're not cool. All they do is sort of be like, oh, okay, the guy kind of goes here, and then the inker is the one who makes the art awesome. Yeah. I'm sure that the people who actually do the artwork and the people who do the coloring and the people who do the penciling don't appreciate what you're saying. I but never said anything about coloring. I maybe insulted pencilers a little. <laughs> I mean, they're very useful. You need to lay things out. That's fine. Um, but and but the inkers... Do their own inking, too. Well, then they're being awesome already. So if they're doing their own inking, clearly they're awesome. <laughs> there we go. But, we should put that out there. Well, I'm just saying that 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 inkers are a rare breed, and there aren't too many. I want to see a woman in the Inkwell Awards next year. That's what I would like. There you go. Well, actually, I would like more than one woman because there was technically one woman, but she didn't win. So it was pretty pathetic though overall as far no, as wasn't. well as far as representing it was pretty pathetic as far as the women went one of the things that i think we need to do is uh the voting members who make the nominations for the inkwell awards need to look a little harder i would like to lobby them can i be a <laughs> lobbyist i don't know that i don't know that there's a k street for the inkwell awards well i'm going to find one <laughs> 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 I think, I I'm going to go out there with, with a picket sign, and I'm going to be like, women inkers deserve recognition, damn it. Just Find like, them first. And then I'm going to think of catchy slogans to say. I can't think of any right now, but I'm confident I will have some by the time I find the street that I'm supposed to be on. Which is Alden, she's coming after you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> Who is the chairman of the Inkwell Awards? You are on notice. Also, I, also, if there I'm are not any... sure why, but you're on notice. <laughs> well, he's... we like Bob, <laughs> but he is still on notice. <laughs> we can still like him, and we do. But and if there are any really rich people out there who are interested in setting up a scholarship fund for women inkers, I want to talk to you about that. You know, you know who should do that? No. The the uh, the people who are putting together womanthology. They should do that. They absolutely should do that. Do you think they have money, though? Because I'm not sure. 
They keep doing Kickstarters, so I'm, I'm assuming they don't No, have... they've actually got a con- – they, they contracted their last three books. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, good for them. They, then they first... have plenty of money, obviously. <laughs> They're rolling in dough. Oh, boy. <laughs> like Scourge McDuck. <laughs> no, not although, Scourge. although, if you think about it, those, those animated sequences of Scourge McDuck, that would really hurt. Yeah. If, if you were to dive into a silo of loose change, that would be... You'd go to the emergency yes, room. that probably would hurt. You'd be bleeding, at least. So don't. Yes, yes, my darling. <laughs> Sorry, I got sidetracked on women inkers. Is there an actual something that happened this week that you wanted me to talk about? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Which one was it? Well, I, I, I thought we'd talk about... Uh... What's going on at Tor.com? Uh, Tor is the uh, is a an imprint of Signet Books, which is Thomas, uh, which is a premier science fiction imprint. And uh, this week on Tor.com, they gave what, Kriana? Well, they gave away five years of original fiction for freezies. Ooh. Tor.com fiction. Just so so essentially, they, they opened up their library for ebooks. And and I actually have a friend who's an editorial assistant at, at Tor. Yeah. Very cool. Connections. So Booyah. do we have some names? Of what? Of, of what, what of they're giving of away. Some of the authors. Oh, some of the authors. Yes, sure. Except for I was totally unprepared for that story because I was... Why? Where were you going? I was going to Firefly. But hey, you said oh, brown sure. coats before, and I was all excited. Um. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's just let's just read some names. Elizabeth Knox. She sounds cool. Prudence Shen. That's an awesome name. Whose names are you reading there? Crane? Well, um. Original short fiction authors. Yeah, who are ostensibly, they're probably in there. Yeah. I think. Nancy Cress. Oh, wait, well, here's Garth Nix. That's kind of major. Um, He's got some really great books. There was another really awesome name, and I just scrolled past it. Michaela Morissette's Porn and Revolution in the Peaceable Kingdom. Uh, Uh, Oh, there's a Neil Gaiman. Of course there is. I don't know, one... <laughs> oh, Thomas Thomas Old Huvelt. I don't know how to pronounce that. That's the best I can do. But it's an awesome name. Neil. It's Neil Gaiman's house. Huh. I don't know that one. <laughs> I can see Russia from it. <laughs> okay, Chris, cut off. From what? I'm not on anything. <laughs> oh. Actually, it made a joke about that in the in the tagline, so it's not just me. Anyway, there's a whole treasure trove of fiction available it's to you. Free, free. Awesome. So go get they, also, books. they also tell you that if it screws up, uh, how to, there's actually a workaround right on the website, so that you can just download everything, which I think is kind of awesome. And all you have to do is is let them spam you, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
you have to you have to register into the site, download what you want, and then block them with your spam filter. And you're it's, all it's basically a bargain. Yeah. Yes, it would be. That's some free. Should we go on to the other one now? Since I was so excited. What the Firefly? Yeah. Oh, why why do we care about something else, Firefly? What? No. Are you joking? Me. Because no. it's fucking awesome. All right. Because the Firefly RPG, written by our good friend, Winkity Wink, Jamie Chambers. Oh, well, that explains it right there. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that he wrote this, but the, that was sure fun to play. And now they've just announced that there will be an iOS RPG of Firefly next summer. I mean, there's really not much out there. They just announced it at San Diego Comic-Con. It's going to be universal for iPhone and iPad. There's a teaser trailer out, and and you get to you get to be a captain. You get to recruit crew and, and trade and go on missions and do fun things. So I'm excited. That's cool. Because I like to do fun things. That is nice, actually. Also, brown jackets suit me. <laughs> that looks that actually looks kind of that's cool. all i had that, that that's was all it. you had that, that's it that and inkers awesome okay okay enough with the inkers <laughs> stephen moffat uh leaked one of his own secrets this week which i thought was kind of interesting uh doctor who magazine uh was handed the uh, the audition script for the new doctor so that everybody who was auditioning for the new doctor was handed this script with Clara and said, do it. And we're going to, uh, actually, uh, the scene is entitled Scene for Number 12. Oh. Are we going to do a actually- dramatic reenactment right now? I don't think so. <laughs> you, you, you sounded like that's where you were going. Really? All right, so who's going to do the doctor? Me? No. Okay. I think we should have a woman doctor speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Christine. Hi. Christine? Yes. Congratulations, here. you're the new doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I don't have so, to do an accent, though, do I? Pull up the script. Okay, I've got the script. And who, uh, Dead Redhead, why don't you do Clara? I would love to. Wait, I have to pull up the script. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, 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 wait. Where's the, where's the, okay. All right. I'm ready now. Kriana, you need to read the, uh, the, uh. Am am I setting the scene? Yes, you're setting the scene. Okay, okay. It's the interior of the TARDIS. The new doctor is checking out the new body. Clara, watching. It's been a few minutes, and they're both still adjusting. Right then, eyesight. Not bad. Bit blue. Ears. Not pointy. Right way up. More or less level. Face. Well, I've got one. Oh, no. French? French. I've deleted French, plus all the cookery skills and the breaststroke and hopping. Never mind hopping. Who needs to hop? Oh, the kidneys are interesting. Never had that before. Interesting kidneys. Are you all right? I don't know. Do I look all right? I don't know. How's the face? Seems all right from the inside. Nice action, responsive. Bit less heft on the chin. How is it? 
It's okay. Okay? It's a bit, you know. No, I don't. I haven't seen it yet. Mm, maybe it's just new. Have you changed height? No. Are you sure? It's you, your height. You're the one who's changed. Look at your nose. What about my nose? It was really cute. I loved your nose. You should have kept it. I did. It's the same nose. It's the same all of me. You're the one who's regenerated or whatever it is you call it. Are you wearing a smell? Do you mean perfume? Yes, I suppose it could be perfume. You've always liked that perfume. You said so. No, I didn't. That was the doctor. You're the doctor. Yes, I suppose I am. That's going to get to take a bit of getting used to. Yeah, it really is. And that is the audition. That was awesome. <laughs> we should do this every week. <laughs> a new script for the guest each week. I kind of like it. That was really cool. It was. And you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, yeah, I can see this happening just like that, too. Wait, wait, wait! You know it, this. Re this reminds me of um, of one of the the screen junkies videos on the YouTube's where they had I think Christopher Walken read a script from Honey Boo Boo Child. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, we should we should totally read Honey Boo Boo Child. I think no, never read Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> never. That's not true at all. Ever, yeah. ever. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> but it would be funny. That was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> You're a great sport. Oh, You're awesome. just playing along with everything right now, which is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Yay for not being shy. Woo. <laughs> so, if I was going to make Star Wars 7, oh boy, I would not consider Zac Efron to star in it. Um, if I were going to make Star Wars 7, I wouldn't! Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Guess what? That's not happening. And it's all over the internet Interwebs. that Zac Efron is in the running for Star Wars Episode 7. And even worse, or possibly not worse, so is Ryan Gosling. Oh. Your uh, boyfriend and mine. <laughs> Which means neither of ours. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hmm. There's another few people who won't be on the show. That's okay. Well, yeah, that's... <laughs> Anyone going to complain about that? No, not at all. Probably not. I'd rather have Christine on. She's a good sport. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, I mean, Zac Efron would be all making out with Justin Bieber in a corner <laughs> <laughs> while the monkey watches. <laughs> like... Wow, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> I didn't even see it in the first place. <laughs> Good thing this is an audio podcast. That's all yeah. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> According to Latino Review, who evidently knows what's going on in the Star Wars universe, Gosling's character would be Luke Skywalker's son in a storyline set some 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Well, which one? So Luke finally so, had sex. <laughs> well, he, he, has, he has two sons. Right, and it doesn't say. Uh, so he's had sex twice. There we go. Apparently. At least. And, At and most. And he, <laughs> the funniest thing, that 
evidently after his last movie, Leonard DiCaprio passed on it. Dead silence. I love it. <laughs> I was trying to think of a awake by Java's boyfriend crack. <laughs> that worked. <laughs> no, not really. Oh my. So this is this is, you know, clearly uh Efron is is the darling of Disney and now that Disney owns the rights to Star Wars. It's going uh, to totally take shit gonna on happen. it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna take yeah. a shit on the Star Wars franchise. It's gonna become Star Wars 7, the musical. (laughs) With Christina Aguilera's soundtrack. Yeah, pretty much. I can't unhear that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I know. Can I I get something in there, Dome? Go for it, hon. I would like to just say that I finally saw... I know, I was a little slow. Actually, I wasn't, but it's a whole other story. Finally saw X and I went to go see uh, Pacific Rim in 3D. And everybody knows how excited I was about going to see this movie. Yes, you were. And I know that at some point I should probably do a whole detailed review, and I will try to do that if if the monkey that is hitting my eyeball with uh, an awl stops ever doing that. Is that the same one watching... (laughs) Just no, no, different monkey. Okay, monkey. just clearing that up. This is the monkey who periodically jumps in my head and starts hitting me in the eyeball. I've met that monkey. I, I don't appreciate him either. I, I hate that monkey. But, um, so, I give it a B plus. It wasn't an A. I give three it out of four plus. brains. Yes. Um, three, out of, yeah, three out of four brains. The effects guys are so amazing. They almost made me cry, just especially in 3D. If you like giant monsters and you like giant robots, and we know a lot of our fans do, you owe it to yourself to see it in 3D. It is really worth the extra money. And And the headache. It's just so... No, actually, with the new glasses, I actually didn't get a headache with those new glasses that they had. They didn't have the red and greeny thingies, Mm. and they weren't. They weren't the same glasses that they gave us during Avatar. These were different glasses. Were they the same ones? Did we see, did we see uh, uh, dark dark shadows in three D? No, no, we didn't. I certainly didn't. No. Well, <laughs> I think I was drunk when we went to go see it, so okay. I don't. Remember. That's the only reason why you liked it. So <laughs> I actually did like it, but I was drunk. It's true. I'm not gonna but, lie. But um, are no. you saying I'm cut off? <laughs> Go see it in 3D, and I also want to put a little nudge in there, which I have next to it, is as you're putting down the numbers, Kriana, make this number nine. This movie owes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to a little comic book by a certain Dan Brereton, who's another one of the Dead Redhead's favorite artists, um, called Giant Killer. And Giant Killer is about giant monsters who suddenly come out of a rift in California. Hello! Um, Uh-oh. Now the I've never heard is, that before. We wondered about this. However, the people who own everything done with Pacific Rim also own DC Comics. So we're thinking that's why Mr. Burton didn't get any kudos or got peed off or something. But that was lame of them. 
but please, um, I actually have a link right in there, Kriana, to go to Amazon if you would, or Dome, whoever's doing it, if you would like to uh, check out this book. It's called Giant Killer. Uh, Dan Brereton has done some amazing different comics. He's done everything from Superman and Wonder Woman and all kind of different things to his most famous is um, a group called the Nocturnals who have all these Halloween people, which of course is why I love it so much. And he's a fabulous artist. I, I feel like we should use that Amazon page to shame DC Comics. I feel like everyone should leave funny reviews about how how it was very similar to a movie that they've just seen. Have, have you... Have you guys seen the funny Amazon review trend? Oh, God, yes. No, I haven't. <laughs> you, oh, well, you are in for a treat, my dear. Okay. Um, if you Google 55-gallon tub of lube. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to get me in trouble for what I would think, Rihanna. Oh, re really? You need that That's much? The things that, that would try to spam me, I would think. Hang <laughs> on, hang on. I, I, I'm, I'm linking it for you. Oh, okay. So you can oh, read it. Sweet God in heaven. These <laughs> reviews are so funny. They read like short fan fiction. Another another product that this happened to was there was a package of Bic pens for oh, the her. Lady pens. The lady pens. Yes. Christine oh, knows God. what's up. <laughs> the lady pens. The lady oh, pens. They're too delicate for strong, beefy male hands. Okay. And oh, I remember that. They they <laughs> just break in in fat fingered male hands, but the, but but man man pens are are just too heavy for my delicate female hands. Yes. Okay. I think one of the best uh, reviews that I read with the lady pens was someone said, "Oh, I took my lady pen and I wrote my name beside my boyfriend's last name for hours." <laughs> like. <laughs> And I, I wrote it over and over, and and they put it like several overs, just to kind of punctuate the point of what you would do with a lady pen, <laughs> as opposed to a boy pen, <laughs> where you would write important stuff with boy a boy pen, pen. Yes. like math, yeah, <laughs> or nuclear physics, one or the there other. There we go, engineering. I want to talk very quickly about. One of my favorite movies uh, by one of my favorite directors, uh, the director of Brazil, Terry Gilliam, uh, the gentleman who was responsible for every piece of bizarre animation in Monty Python's Flying Circus. Uh, his, his movie, Twelve Monkeys, uh, which is actually an incredible movie. Yes, it is. Okay, here's that was Brad Pitt in it. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. It's going to become a Siffy series. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> so there may well be flying sharks in it, is what you're saying. Sharknados. It could be. I'm I'm concerned. Sharknado is already coming in the works. So. Yes, I know. The concern is that they they want to do a 90 minute uh, pilot episode, and if it trends well. Uh, Siffy has said that they will turn it into a series, which uh, oh. I, I, I have two words for that. Don't please, do it. Please no. That's three words. Minor. Please no. Don't. It's a terrific film. Yes, Let's sir. not do that. It's one of the few times I can stomach Brad Pitt. <laughs> I am not in the the cult of Brad Pitt is the hottest thing on the planet. I am not in that cult. 
Um, but I, he was you actually, and Max Brooks, huh? <laughs> yeah, me and Max Brooks. I, I'm in good company if that's the case. Yes, you are. Um, but you know what? Don't stop it, do Sippy. Come on, just stop just it. Just do some more Sharknados and then we'll yeah. So, uh, Dead Redhead, very quick update on uh, Rock and Chalk in Boston. Yes, sir. For Boston, because that's next week, folks. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's next week already. It's next week. Bum, bum, bum. Go to Boston on August 3rd, Saturday and Sunday at the Seaport World Trade Center. And you will see many, many people and many many artists and you will see the sci-fi saturday night team as well you may have to look for us but uh one of the updates i wanted to let people know about is that billy west who is from massachusetts he's a local guy but people everybody in the world i think has heard billy west do something he's done everything from dr zoidberg on futurama to he was he's the red m&m (laughs) <laughs> who uh, he is he's the red eminem he was on ren and stimpy um he has been on bugs bunny i mean the man has done voices pretty much on everything okay so this may be inappropriate but i really want to hear him read some of these lady pens reviews <laughs> <laughs> you know what he might do that for you he guys. might that's i'm thinking about it in fry's voice and i'm like this is something fry would totally do so you'd have to ask him, but and for years he was he was on the Howard Stern show and he would do uh, fake celebrity voices. That's right, that's right. I mean, the guy is one of the best voice actors. Uh, and one of the most known, I think. I mean, I think. Okay, wait a minute. Just to go back to the reviews for one second. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Some of these <laughs> that are just one line are the best ones. I mean, some of them are oh, like tonight, Kriana. I'm not. I'm, I'm totally focused on lady pens and and ink. Yes, see, see, it's been a, a one long, long con, right? <clears throat> I I mean, like this is classic. I can't find a switch to turn it on, and it didn't come with batteries. This is not the for her product I was expecting at all. <laughs> this other one, I see this comes in a sleek design, but as a full-figured woman, do these pens come in curvy and carefree? Oh, good lord. <laughs> okay, back to the other. So, so, we do have, so Billy West, as far as famous uh, media types, we have Billy West, we have the two Hobbit people, the two dwarves are going to be there. Aiden Those Turner. Hobbit people. <laughs> the Hobbit dwarves. Aiden Turner and Dean O'Gorman, who are Keely and Feely, are going to be there. Kristen Bauer of True Blood. Hell yes. Hell yes. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to have to take the Wonder Woman <laughs> off my boobs for her. <laughs> and Free Holden of The Walking Dead is also going to be there. So that's just a Comic-Con. And that's not even the artist. There are so many artists we couldn't get into everybody. There are more artists than you can shake a stick at. Than you can Some shake pretty amazing jump. artists, too. And, you know, like George Perez and guys like that. And Mike Mignola is going to be there, the father of Hellboy. So And Abe Sapien. And Abe Sapien. So if you're going to be around, come on down to the seaport and try to find us because I'll be walking around in a uh, some sort of a uh, strange outfit, I'm sure. We'll, we'll have a brain in a jar on a lamp. So. We, will have a, we will have our brain in a jar on a lamp. 
And um, when and you stop by Tom Zotos' booth, oh, Jesus. tell him the Dome said hi. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. Or Julie's. You can do that to Julie's no, booth. No, do it to Tom Zotos. I, I mean, Julie will we'll know. We'll tell you why. Yeah, Julie, Julie will be fine. Ju- Julie knows us, so it's way less creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then very quickly for the Rock and Shock, which X and I will be going to in October down in uh, Worcester. This year they just announced this like the other day, which I was very actually kind of thrilled about Robert Patrick who is people would know him as the, the mean Terminator from Terminator 2 um, he's the one that got the big hole blown in him which was really neat actually that was one of the best effects in that movie he was um, on from the X-Files yep he was in the X-Files he was in True Blood um, he's in a lot of things actually so Robert Patrick is going to be there with Michael Rooker, who we talked about last week with from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Right. Which if you've never seen that movie, that's one of the most creepy-ass movies you will yep. ever see. Sure as hell is. Not in a, um, I'm going to jump out and scare you ghosty kind of way. This is an no, old man is a killer way, right? and he's yep. nasty. Well, he was also in The Green Mile, the movie of The Green Mile that they did. Um, he's been in a lot of things, but he's going to be there. We have the young lady who is one of the Ginger Snaps sisters, which again, I'm very excited about this because I have all three of the Ginger Snaps movies. So I'm excited to meet her. And she was also in Freddy vs. Jason and Being Human, the American one. Uh, we also have Jordan Ladd and Jordan Ladd is from Cabin Fever. For those of you who saw that, Death Proof, Hostel 2, Robot Chicken. How's that for a resume? Uh, We also have two of the other Walking Dead folks. We have Lou Temple, who is in The Walking Dead. He's the one that kind of had the Colonel Sanders mustache and beard thing going on. And um, he was also in The Devil's Rejects. And now I don't know if it's Iron or Irony or Irony. I am not quite sure. I will have to find that out. But... Irony Singleton, who is um, also in The Walking Dead, and he was also in Seeking Justice and The Blind Side. So, those are our updates. We've got some very cool stuff coming up, and hopefully we'll get to meet some of these people. And if we get to meet them, we will tell you about it. We oh, promise. we absolutely will tell you about it, because it's incredibly cool. And <laughs> Rock and Shock is one of the oddest, oddest uh, conventions ever, and well worth the uh, well worth checking out. Oh, I Absolutely. love Rocket Shock. Every year. We've been there every year for, I don't know, at least 10 years now. It's very cool. So, Dead Redhead, we had yes. a poll this week. We did? We did? Yeah, no, we did. Cool. That wasn't a question. It was a statement. We did. <laughs> this one was a little odd. I think we threw people for a loop because not everybody knew how to answer this. I was trying to be creative after seeing Much Ado About Nothing and I uh, was thinking very Shakespearean. So I asked people what superhero or what comic book character they would like to see in a Shakespearean role. So I think that confused people a little bit. But we did have our top three. We have our top three and our top three. I just want to make sure I, I didn't write them backwards here as <laughs> I let everybody know them um, because I want to say them the correct way so number three which this doesn't surprise me at all for those of you who know the character is emma frost 
should be Lady Macbeth. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Anyway, (laughs) that's no surprise, I don't think. And coming in at number two, we have we actually had this particular character up as several different Shakespeare characters, which should tell you how popular he was. But coming in at number two is Lex Luthor as Iago from Othello. We also had him in there as Macbeth, Macbeth himself, and I think somebody else had put him in as a, one of the other characters too. So. And then coming in at number one is, which was kind of an odd one that came out. This is the oddest one we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's pretty odd. Uncle Ben from Spider-Man as Polonius. <laughs> that's totally random. <laughs> it is one of the most <laughs> random answers ever. And that one won. Wow. So, um, thank you for those of you who did vote. <laughs> We were trying to be creative this time. Not everybody apparently is as creative as we are, but we had some very creative people. So. And I kept thinking to myself at that one, how's the guy on the rice box going to be? <laughs> Stop it, Dom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm old. I get confused. What we'll come up with a new one for next week, though. But thank you to everybody who voted. So a couple weeks back, uh, it was like a month ago, we stumbled across in talking to somebody else this incredible event called Geek Girl Con. And we started looking into it and and we went, you know what? This sounds incredibly cool. Mm -hmm. So we shot an email off to our guest and said, would you like to come on and and just talk about it? And she went, no, seriously? Do you guys? (laughs) And so we convinced her and our guest... (laughs) Christine is here to talk to us about Geek Girl Con. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so now, now that you've had to put up with us for half an hour, uh, <laughs> how did how did this happen and how did you get involved in it? Talk to us about the beginnings of what Geek Girl Con is. Okay. So let's see here. Geek Girl Con started... Um, I'm trying to see how far I should go back in the like in the origin story. Diana, <laughs> can you cue the harp to bring her back? The way yes, back? there you go. <laughs> I do not have a harp. That's bitch. Sorry, I'm imagining crickets. <laughs> I have no um, crickets. Kind of. I think the first the first stirrings of Geek Girl Con took form at Comic Con in San Diego in 2010, and there was a panel that was I think it's called Geek Girls Exist. And they put it up against the Scott Pilgrim versus the world panel. I guess thinking, oh, girls, you know, girls will be more excited about Michael Sarah and they won't want to go to this thing. And the Geek Girls Exist panel basically overflowed. And um, a lot of, of the female geeks and nerds who stuck around afterwards and were talking uh, they started to communicate and get connected through social media, and they started to kind of form an organization and just kind of a common purpose that what Geek Girl Con wanted to do would be to honor and celebrate the legacy of women in all fields, like science, comics, inkers. Yeah, inkers! Got a play to the crowd. Um, No, I'm joking. Um, Like video gamers, game designers, uh, women in NASA, just kind of 
women in geek culture across the spectrum of any and all geek fandoms. Because you're kind of, like, if you've ever gone to a convention, sometimes you feel like that, you know, like the lone unicorn going, well, I'm just here. (laughs) Someone's going to say something sexist like, oh, are you here with your boyfriend? It's like, no, I'm here. Or are you buying that for your husband? It's like, no, I'm buying it for me. God Um, damn it. Sorry. Yeah. There's no line at the women's room. <laughs> so uh, in October of 2011, the first Geek Girl Con, um, our conve- the first convention started at a little corner of Seattle Center, which is kind of this cool kind of uh, uh, center here by the Space Needle. And about 4,000 people came. Um, See, so that was right near the uh, Science Fiction Museum then? Yeah, actually, the EMP partnered with us. Oh, cool. Some of our things were held over there, and some of our things were held in Northwest Center, so we kind of made people walk a lovely triangle over two days. (laughs) Thankfully, they don't have to do that anymore. It's Um, good exercise. It's good exercise. Get your cardio going. Um, So one of the other super cool things was there was about 400 attendees that were under 10 years old. Oh, so you had dads and moms bringing their geek boys and girls and they were cosplaying like some of the best photos that came out of it. You're seeing all these little kids, you know, in their kind of burgeoning fandom dressed like, oh, you know, uh, Link or they're dressed like Princess Leia or they're dressed like um, I'm blanking on everything else right now. Um, Because I'm excited. But rest assured, it was adorable. Yes, exactly. You got (laughs) got, like all the feels when you saw it. Um, So kind of fast forward to this year. This is our third convention. And now it is we are we hold it in the Washington State Convention Conference Center. There's a lot of C's in there. Um, (laughs) We have 40 people on staff and we are all volunteer um, even the staff members, like all of us, we all kind of feel passionate, you know, about this, this grassroots led volunteer organization that we do. And, um, that's, that's kind of it of, you know, how it got started. I think you asked me another question and I'm blanking on what it was. (laughs) So that's how you got, how, how, Oh, how did I get started? I remember. That's where we were going, Christine. Yeah, there we go. Um, I actually, I got started with Geek Girl Con. Originally, I worked a little bit as an assistant uh, in the gaming department, but because of scheduling at the time, I couldn't devote as much time to it. So I had to step away. Um, And that was right when they started. But I did attend. Like I went to the Jane Espenson panel at the EMP when she was talking about how she got her start in writing, um, which was really, really, really cool. Um, Follow her on Twitter, by the way. She's amazing on Twitter. Oh, she's, I love her writing jams when she's like, you ready to do a writing sprint? It's like, let's do it. (laughs) Um, So uh, I came back to Geek Girl Con, like after their first convention um, as Twitter administrator. So I was like, I do the tweets. I can do this. And so that's what I've done for them uh, since 2012. Yes. No. Yeah. About a year and some change. I, I'm the most awful right now. Uh, 
But uh, yes, so I am now their Twitter administrator and I am president of the board of Geek Girl Con. Woo! Woohoo! So. So when I first heard the concept, I'm going, okay, why is an all girl convention a good idea? But it's not because that's not what this is. Correct. Um, so. Can, and there's something wrong with what you just said, Dome. But I'll no, 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 no. <laughs> so explain to the person who looks at this and goes, why is a geek, an all-girl geek convention a bad idea? Explain to them what this actually is. Oh, I understand. Okay. Um, That's good because nobody else did. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait it, a minute. Kind of like at its kernel or at its, its heart is all geeks are welcome at Geek Girl Con. Um, you don't have to have any kind of geek cred and kind of like my Star Trek knowledge is more than yours or I know, you know, like I can rattle off every companion that every doctor has ever had. Geek you know? girls hate that. You know, like <laughs> you can totally do that, but the the you won't find that kind of weird, I think the term is called gatekeeping. It's where a method it's like, of oppression. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're not cool enough to sit at the cool kids' table. Uh, or you're a fake go. geek. Exactly. And that's uh, that's yeah. something that's been in the news or, you know, kind of in the nerd news lately is the whole concept of fake geek girls and kind of having to prove that we sh we are allowed to be here. But Geek Girl Con kind of doesn't just stop at females. You know, it's like all gender identities all sexual orientations, sexual preferences. Um, there's no, as long as you support what we do, you're welcome. That's kind of like the, it, it in a sentence. And I bet it smells better. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much guaranteed. You know, day two of any con is usually a nightmare. Yeah, you're like, wow, everyone might have wanted some more antiperspirant today. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, what's going on this year? Tell, you know, let's talk about why this is a special event. What what you guys are doing to make this a special event? Um. Well, it's it's funny because I was listening to the conversations about or the the talking about female inkers and you know females in comics and one of our. Um, speakers this year is Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, who is her, like what she's best known for is her involvement. I can't talk. Involvement. <laughs> I made up a new word. Uh, her involvement with Marvel comics and the evolution of Ms. Marvel. And she's a big advocate or a strong advocate rather for getting more women in comics. Um, much like Gail Simone, who you know, appeared with us last year. Um, we're so happy to have her this year because she is, I don't know, she, she is, she's inspiring and because she's got a, she's really active on Twitter and Tumblr and she's one of those people, uh, who just engages a lot. Um, one of the super cool things that we have at Geek Girl Con that I don't know exists kind of anywhere else is, some of our speakers uh, will devote some of their time to an area that we call Geek Girl Connections. And last year we had some of the women who worked on uh, the Mars Rover. Oh. Um, 
Oh, yeah, cool. that is so cool. There was Gail Simone who basically told people, I'll be in that room if you want to bring by your art, you want to top comics, and I can give you some tips. You know, like I can give you time. And this is stuff that I would think if I was like a 16-year-old or even a 26-year-old, you know, budding artist, if I could get somebody who's established to kind of look at my stuff and go, you know what, maybe you need to work on this or why don't you try this or, you know, like giving you those tips in a really super safe space. And that's something oh else. Oh my God. We- I just realized, excuse me, what? I have to unload, no, okay. I have to unload my privilege backpack for a minute oh. <laughs> and, and realize that that's the experience that I got from my Ivy League school. And now you're bringing it to all girls. Yeah. That's it- so awesome. All girls it's, should have amazing. it. Absolutely. No, it really is because because the this particular school that I went to, Mount Holyoke, which is awesome, is a women's college. And yeah. and we all it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, but when you see another Mount Holyoke woman, you support them. Yeah, exactly. And this is bringing that sort of mentality to the geek community. You don't have to catfight um with with other girls to to keep your established role as the only cool girl exactly you have to support your your fellow women in the geek culture at all costs yeah nice because it's it's you know and i know that i've had conversations with some of my friends who they just kind of get that blank look in their eye like i don't understand like why is it relevant or why is it still important so i find myself giving examples or ways so that they can relate like I have a friend of mine that's a game designer and so I told him why don't you name me five female protagonists right now and so he like Lara Croft (laughs) and he was like oh there's Lara Croft and there's you know there was um I'm gonna mispronounce it Samus uh Metroid right Mm -hmm. and everyone always likes to talk about her And I'm like, yes, that's fantastic that that's a woman. But think about how much art or fan art you see about her. You don't see her in her badass armor. You always see the zero suit version, which, I mean, she's buff. She's gorgeous. No one is hating on that. It's like, you look amazing. But it's like a, a video game character or a comic book character should be defined by more than what they look like. That's right. You know, it's like, and that's the thing. It's not about... And I've had to explain this to some people also. They're like, well, so is it just a bunch of like angry, ugly women? And I'm like, yes, clearly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe angry. I don't know. They could be. Yeah, we they don't necessarily cr- have to be, though. No. Yeah, we could be crabby because had not have our coffee yet. But um, I think that there's that there's that interesting flip of if you're a female and you want to cosplay as, say, Ayane from DOA, if you are not a size two or a hundred pounds or whatever it is, like whatever fandom, if it's not perfect, it's pulled apart. But a guy can, you know, throw some shit together and be like, I'm Deadpool. And no one's going to go, oh, well, you're <laughs> clearly too short to play Deadpool or, you know, you're you know, whatever it is, it's it's yeah. that kind of, it's the frustration that women in geekdom always run up against, that kind of, we have to defend ourselves or explain why we're here. <laughs> well, it's like just last week, Kriana, you started that when you had brought up how it looked like um, our actor there from Mal from uh, 
Firefly. Um, yes, I, I did criticize his body quite a bit, didn't I? Yeah, it said yeah, that he, he had put on weight, and I made the point, you know, when that's the first thing that it, an actress, especially as she gets older, they'll be like, oh, have you seen her lately? It's just, just like we were saying, Linda Carter, she does look phenomenal for 61. Oh, my God, she does. But it's like some of the other actresses, it's like, well, have you seen this one or that one? They And th nobody says anything about the guys. Well, guess what? The guys put on weight, too. <laughs> well, and I wasn't even saying it in that kind of a way. I was just saying, like, oh, my God, I never realized when he was on Firefly how young he was until you look at him, and clearly he was a baby. Yeah. Now, compare it to, like, Christine, we were talking about Bones, uh, not Bones, sorry, that was David Boreanaz, which was another example. We were talking about Castle, and, and watching, you know, the last episode of Castle versus the first episode of Firefly, and you're like, is this the same person? And you and you think when you're watching Castle, oh yeah, there's Captain Mal, but then you look at him in actual Firefly, and he looks almost gaunt. Go, no, 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 that was Captain Mal. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I always think of him as like maybe bigger and slightly burlier than he actually was. He's a solid man, like, in person. Nathan Fillion is a solid man. He's much like um, I had the great fortune many years ago when, well, uh, Joss Whedon threw a fundraiser for uh, Carrie when Carrie ran for office. Mm -hmm. And it was, called, it was called High Stakes in Los Angeles. And so it was, it was, like, really quick. He put it out kind of on the social media forums of, so I'm going to get a bunch of my friends together. It, we're going to do a Carrie fundraiser because we believe in him and we want him to, you know, be elected. Um, and he just got a bunch of people from the Whedonverse to basically come to this club. And there was literally like less than 100 people. It was such a tiny, tiny little gathering. But I did not imagine that um, Gunn from Angel yeah. would be as, as tall and... Attractive as he was in person. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a lot of teasing from my boyfriend at the time, now husband, about how, yeah, you were just kind of circling gun, finding <laughs> finding reasons to talk to him just because he was so nice and affable. And I'm like, I didn't know he was so tall. No one's <laughs> judging you, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no one's judging you for that. Not, not that... Uh... God, not that I wouldn't have done the same damn thing. I, I mean, I, I, I'm prepping my boobs for Comic-Con already, so... <laughs> well, here, I'll, I'll share the equal opportunity, um, embarrassing story. Um, Amy Acker was the first kind of person I met there, and she was, she was pregnant at the time. She was maybe six months along, and she's from Texas, and I'm from Texas, and I had, you know, found my way to where she was, and she was honestly the most flawlessly beautiful person I've ever seen oh. so that is like the first thing out of my mouth and then I was trying to reel back the creepy fangirl <laughs> and I was like no that is well out of the cage so then I'm just trying to kind of you know rein it back like I'm fighting a marlin did you say in a creepy voice too like oh you're really pretty <laughs> it's not like I told her she should put the lotion in the basket or anything <laughs> But she was very, very nice. And I, like, towards the end of talking to her, I said, I'm, I'm very sorry to have just kind of blurted out how beautiful you were. But, uh, yeah, I apologize. And she was, she was very nice about it, thankfully. So I could hold my head up high as I walked away. Um, 
Christine, have yeah. you seen much to do about nothing? I did. I uh, Joss Whedon brought the production here to not the production, but he brought the opening to open the Seattle International Film Festival. Oh. And so I was very fortunate and I got to go to the red carpet side. Oh. And I got to, I talked to him very shortly about Geek Girl Con and how, um, why we do what we do and how amazing his female characters were. And I almost started crying just because I, when you start talking about Geek Girl Con enough, and especially when you go to the convention or any of our events, you get this kind of energy, this kind of lightning rush of when you see like people that you've reached. It's weird. Like, and I, I go to a fair amount of conventions. Like I've been to Emerald city and I go to PAX every year and I've been to SakuraCon. but geek girl con is like, it's a community. That's kind of what we build. And I'm going to get back to the question about Joss Whedon, but t uh, talking to him about geek girl con made me had to do the, uh, you know, I'm getting feels and having to wave my eyes going, okay, I don't want to cry. Don't, don't cry. Don't be that person. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we're, we're, oh, okay. we're, we're listening to the story, hon. So yes, yes. Um, but it, it was, it was, yes, I have seen Much Ado About Nothing to answer your question in 10 minutes. That's where we started that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, I brought it back. It's all good. So, it's all good. Christine, so who are some of the big people that are coming this year for you? Um, I, it was funny. Leading up to when I was going to go to record this with you guys, I am texting with our executive director. And I'm like, can I can I say this person? And she's like, you have to get clearance from programming. And I'm doing like this multiple kind of frantic texting. My thumbs actually hurt. And I'm like, no, like that's the release that's coming like later. That you can't you can't leak this. We have a couple of uh, we have some really amazing people coming. You you I can think. tell us. No one listens to the show I anyway. <laughs> has actually heard anything we've ever yeah done. we we just keep talking people keep agreeing to come on so we figure we should keep going <laughs> um i know well i i um who can you tell us is going to be there can i tell you let's see uh let's see there's kelly sudaconic will be at geek girl con this year there is uh mike madrid um He's been at our convention twice. He just wrote a book that'll be coming out later this year uh, called Divas, Dames, and Daredevils that basically, I think it, it researches and explores the superhero, sorry, superheroines of World War II era comics. Oh, cool. To kind of remind people of the lost heroines from the golden age of comics. There used um, to be a lot of fem cool female characters in comics right around World War II. Absolutely yeah, were yeah, and I'm I'm fairly sure he was also in the Wonder Woman documentary, mm. uh, as a, a talking head because he kind of knows his uh, comic book history, her story, I guess if you want to say it that way. Um, we have a really cool cosplayer. She's a professional cosplayer that wrote a article earlier this year called "I'm a Black Cosplayer and Some People Hate It." Um, her name, her name is Chaka Cumberbatch. <laughs> it's a great it's like, name. What? <laughs> it's a great um, name. She basically, I think she she cosplayed. I've seen her photos and I've seen her do Storm and I've seen her do like uh, her version of Captain America. But specifically, she did Sailor Venus from the Sailor Moon Ooh. franchise. 
and she did it well. And she kept hearing things like, you know, comments about, oh, your outfit is fine, dot, dot, dot. And here's the qualifier that like you couldn't have, you shouldn't have done it because you're not, you, you know, you're a person of color. You're not Caucasian. And so she wrote this article. Oh, boy. And um, she basically wants to say, if you want to cosplay, anyone and everyone can cosplay. Like there shouldn't be any rules about it. Um, you should just do it. Damn right. Yeah. Agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm trying to see what else I could. Let's see. There's, oh, here's the one. There is a, uh, a managing editor of a blog called uh, Fantastic Fangirls. And her name is uh, Annika Dane. Hold on one second. I just got texted. Um, and she's doing a super cool panel called like ready to wear superheroes where she basically says like, if you don't have kind of the courage or time to cosplay in every day, what you can do is uh, you can do regular clothing to recreate heroin inspired outfits. So like if you want to dress like Gwen Stacy or Tony Stark every day, or uh, Diana Prince, or insert name here, then, like, why don't you pick, like, these kind of fashion things to do it? It's similar. Very cool. Yeah, like, yeah, that people that do, I think it's called Disney Bound. I think that's what it's called, where when they go to Disney, but they want to dress like Tinkerbell or whomever, but they're not dressing like Tinkerbell. They're right. just, yeah, yeah, they're kind of pulling together all the outfits that, mm -hmm. Someone looks at you and goes, oh, you kind of look like Belle. And then you're like, hey, achievement unlocked. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Very cool. Yeah, it's, I, I, I love Geek Girl Con, as you can tell. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, clearly we love it too. I mean, I've never been there, but I love it anyway. And we, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've always been the the person who brought my daughters to comic book stores so yeah. that every guy in there would be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's fun. And, and my daughter would be comfortable there. And uh, I brought my youngest daughter to her first con when she was 11 years old. You mean, you mean your oldest daughter? My oldest daughter, excuse me. <clears throat> and and <laughs> she got to meet Billy D. Williams. He was totally oh. wasted. <laughs> and at 11 I knew this <laughs> oh Orlando he was that wasted yes. but it was still fun it was still fun and you got to meet Chris Golden who at the time was just uh, doing uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics and he was nice to me and he still is nice to me but now he's my Facebook friend but Facebook <laughs> didn't exist then <laughs> <laughs> So there, there's, there's where, you know, a young 11-year-old girl got her geek cred. But I think it's amazing that now there's there's this this place of safety and this place of inclusion yeah. that, that you guys have put together here. It's, it's a wonderful idea. I can't wait to hear about how it goes. I, I can't wait to have you back to talk about it uh, when you, you, you have... Uh, more information and more news for us. Please send us email. Let us know. Christine, oh, totally. do, you, do you guys have any sort of like symbol or logo or something that we could put somewhere to to show our support? I feel like I do. Oh, 
cool. I, I will send you many things that are we pretty. Support- <laughs> Hooray! Because I feel yeah. I feel the need to like wear something because just like my Mount Holyoke ring, you know, other girls, other Mount Holyoke women see that and say, "Aha, you are one of my people." I I want something to wear that says, "I am one of Geek Girl Con's people." Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I would love to send you guys some stuff. Yay. Please do. I can totally make that happen. Yay! I am uniquely qualified for that. <laughs> you are uniquely qualified. Please, please feel free to post stuff on our Facebook site so that people who please are on the West Coast who happen to be listening to us poke poke. And, and maybe there's a millionaire on the East Coast who would like to fund an East Coast Geek Girl Con. We would be happy to associate with and work with as well. Yeah, we Absolutely. need like the, the real life... Um, I'm blanking on Green Arrow's real name, Oliver. Oh, Oliver, no. Oliver Queen. There you go. I was going for Oliver Stone, but that's a whole different that story. That is a that's different Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would be some kind of message. Maybe they would be together <laughs> and make you own a corner. <laughs> okay, okay. No, there's another thing we don't want to have to think about. Let me turn the music on now, okay? <laughs> so, Christine, thank you so much for joining us. And, oh, thank and- you. The invitation is always open for you to come back. Always. I want to do more more Doctor Who scripts now. now- yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're on, my dear. That'd be awesome. Brianna, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the next couple of weeks? You know, I could if I had remembered that I was supposed to you- do that. <laughs> Every single week I forget that that's my job now. I'm just so used to having Illustrator X around. I, I took him for granted a little. Yes, you did. <sighs> okay, so next week we have PJ Harzma, author of the Softwire books, creator of the Rings of Orbis online game, and co-founder of the awesome charity Kids Need to Read. Continuing our string of PJs, the week after we have PJ Schneider, author of the Ministry Initiative, a steampunk Kickstarter. On the 17th, we have Brockton McKinney and Larkin Ford of M Theory. On the 24th... Sorry? Your favorite. Oh, yeah. On the 24th, we have Michael J. Sullivan, author of The Reeria Chronicles. And on August 31st, we have Jason Chen coming to talk to us about StoryBundle.com. Dead Redhead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, which is next week, (laughs) Go, Go down and go see it and go look for us. GraniteCon and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD Hold the Folk at RobWattsOnline.com. Dot com. Dot com, even. (laughs) Don't and com at the same time. Dot com over. Well done. We're going to keep Geek Girl Con in everybody's consciousness because it's a place to go and it's a, it sounds like a, a wonderful, wonderful convention. We're going to hear more about it as time moves forward. Thank you for joining us tonight. And I want to thank our cast from the Revered Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard who finally got it to work, Kriana. Thank you so much. So are these Skittles or hallucinogens? Both. From the Four Color Vault of Comics. Thank you, my friend, Dead Redhead. Viva Spock Vegas. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night.
I know.